KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. Good morning, I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Thursday, August 11th. There is a backlash against a San Diego company using beagles in drug trials. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. San Diego health officials are now using wastewater to track the spread of monkeypox, just like they do with COVID. Researchers at UC San Diego say they first detected monkeypox in mid-July at the Point Loma treatment plant. And since then, levels have been steadily rising. So far, 113 cases have been found in San Diego County. Monkeypox is transmitted through close contact and can cause painful rashes and lesions. San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria signed an update to the city's climate action plan into law yesterday. The plan calls for the city to reach a net zero greenhouse gas emissions goal by 2035. The updated plan was approved by the San Diego City Council last week. City staff will bring a full implementation plan back to the council by February. Governor Gavin Newsom nominated a former San Diego appellate justice to serve as Chief Justice of the California Supreme Court yesterday. Patricia Guerrero is from Imperial Valley. She made history as the first Latina to serve on the state's highest court. And if confirmed, she will be the first Latina to serve as California's Chief Justice. Her nomination must be confirmed by voters in the November 8th general election and must be confirmed by the Commission on Judicial Appointments. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Dogs, they're considered man's and woman's best friend and the Beagle breed is especially sweet-spirited. However, as KPBS's Maya Trabolsi reports, it's a trait that has made them more likely to be used in medical research. Hey guys. A greeting among two dogs. Their eager tails wag back and forth like a metronome keeping time. The unquestionable sign of happiness. But this isn't the first time these two beagles have met. Oh my God, this is so sweet. In fact, it's a reunion. We don't know what was done with them. We don't know what was given to them. Like, we don't know anything about what happened before 
the day we met them. They were rescued in 2020 after spending seven years being tested on in a San Diego research lab. Once known only by a series of numbers, their new families named them Moritz and Theo. Mike and Sarah Klitzing say that Beagle's forgiving spirit is also their curse. They generally like to be handled, so that's kind of weaponized against them because they will cause the least amount of problems for the, the people doing the testing. He's got his, um, his lab number tattooed on the inside of his ear. While most people are not surprised that animals are used in research, what most don't know is that nationwide nearly 60,000 beagles per year are bred and used specifically for that purpose. Recently, advocates and others have shined the spotlight on San Diego-based pharmaceutical company Crenetics. The company contracts with Innotiv, a lab in Indiana that is performing toxicology studies on 80 beagles. The docile nature of beagles is what makes them, you know, the victim here. Kathleen Conley is a former animal researcher who now works with the National Humane Society. She says the organization conducted a seven-month investigation at Innotiv and produced undercover video. She talks about a particularly wrenching part of the video involving a dog named Riley. The co-veterinarian was called to come in and because of how bad a condition he was in and the veterinarian wasn't able to make it because of personal reasons. So the animal suffered overnight on the floor, just moaning and groaning. And, you know, I've worked on this issue for a really long time. I've seen a lot of disturbing videos, but that just, just hearing that animal groaning like that, I've never heard anything so awful. Innotiv released a statement saying it complies with all regulations and its Indiana and Maryland facilities are accredited by the Association for the Accreditation and Assessment of Laboratory Animal Care, known as ALAC. Nonetheless, protesters backed with a petition of more than 250,000 signatures are calling for the Beagles to be released for adoption. But the voices of protesters have been heard in the halls of Congress. In May, a bipartisan coalition of lawmakers from 32 states signed a letter to Crenetics and Innotiv asking for the puppies to be released instead of euthanized. Officials at Crenetics would not agree to an interview, saying a number of their employees have received personal threats. In a statement, the company said it's conducting clinical trials on potentially life-saving treatments for babies and young children and has no choice but to use autopsy tissue samples from animal trials. And it says until the FDA changes its requirements, there are no alternatives. The FDA would not comment specifically about the Crenetic study, but said euthanasia is not required after study completion unless it's necessary to examine tissue. While the attention Crenetics and Innotiv are getting is unusual, animal testing labs are not. A U.S. Department of Agriculture website has a search tool that provides details on studies. It shows which species are used by each lab and how many of the animals were in studies involving pain, distress, or pain-relieving drugs. KPBS observed the exterior of three of these local labs that reported using dogs. The buildings are mostly obscure. At one of the sites, a lab technician taking his morning break was willing to talk to us about the testing that he has done. You know, pigs and dogs and... All, all kinds of species. Brian Martin has been working at this lab for five years and says the animals here are well cared for. He goes on to say from what he has seen, that isn't true for all labs. If, if I'm doing it, I know what I'm doing. The animal's going to be okay. If somebody else is doing it, they might not have as much care for the animals as, as, as we do. I ask him what it's like to test on companion animals, like dogs. Um, it's tough. It's tough, but like we don't euthanize the dogs when we're done with them. We wash them out and then we reuse them. What, yeah. is that, what does that mean? Wash them out and reuse them? So like we'll give them a we'll give them a drug and then we will you know take like blood time points let's say, 
for like a, for three or four days. Then we will um, just let them sit for like two weeks back in their pen and then we'll reuse them again on study. Some of the dogs we've had, we've had for like seven, eight years. And after the dogs have spent half their lifespan in the labs, he says they are adopted out to homes, sometimes by their own clients. Meanwhile, as the fate of the beagles in Indiana hangs in the balance, 4,000 beagles are in the process of being rehomed after a facility in Virginia owned by an innovative subsidiary agreed as part of a settlement to relinquish them after allegations of multiple welfare violations. Some of those dogs have been brought to San Diego for adoption. In part two of this story, we'll look into the current state of science and the regulation when it comes to animal testing and how that research translates to humans. Maya Trabulsi, KPBS News. Repairs are continuing in Tijuana after a sewage rupture last week, but an estimated 288 million gallons of raw sewage has already hit the Tijuana River just north of the border. Some 32 million gallons per day is flowing into the South Bay International Wastewater Treatment Plant. KPBS health reporter Matt Hoffman says that's more than the plant can handle. That's polluting our beaches. Serge Stadina is the mayor of Imperial Beach, which has its shorelines under closure orders due to the sewage flows. Coronado is open for now, but there's warnings for Silver Strand Beach. Dedina says it will take a couple of years at least to stop these flows from happening. In the meantime, he's met with Baja California officials and says they have committed to emergency mitigation measures. So doing what any other sewage treatment plant would do, chlorination, dredging, hopefully aerators, anything that will help reduce the impacts from that defunct environmental disaster. An official from the International Boundary and Water Commission in San Diego says details are still being discussed with nothing yet finalized. Repairs on the rupture could be finished by this week. Matt Hoffman, KPBS News. Coming up, a new option for those who are homeless in East County. We'll have that story and more next, just after the break. Don't go away. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. The unhoused in East San Diego County have a new option a new overnight safe parking site with additional services. 
KPBS reporter Jacob Ayer says it's one of East County's first solutions to the growing problem of homelessness. Back in April, the North Magnolia Avenue site was a homeless encampment with hundreds of people and tents. Now, it's an overnight space to sleep for those with cars, according to Teresa Smith of Dreams for Change. Her organization was contracted to run the program. No, so this is definitely low barrier. So families will be top priority. And as far as what we mean by low barrier is that it literally is. We're looking for individuals that just want to move towards permanent housing. The safe parking lot is the first county-operated emergency shelter in the unincorporated county of San Diego. It's open nightly from 5.30 p.m. through 7 a.m. the following morning, but it's not a walk-up site. Participants are referred by the county's homeless outreach workers. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. San Diego's far behind on its goal of building more roundabouts. KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen says the slow pace of construction has impacts on traffic safety and climate change. Roundabouts have a couple of advantages. They slow down traffic, making streets safer for pedestrians and cyclists. And unlike stop signs, they keep cars moving through the intersection. Less stop and go means less gas turned into carbon dioxide. Even though the speed limit is 25 miles per hour, that is not the speed that people tend to travel on this roadway. Katie Matchett is an urban planner and president of the nonprofit Beautiful PB. We meet at a dangerous intersection in Pacific Beach where the city is planning a roundabout at a cost of almost $3 million. Some of these big roundabout projects, they are very costly. They take up a lot of space. They take some time to design, but there are other smaller quick improvements that we can make that actually will help us reach some of our goals. San Diego's 2015 Climate Action Plan set a goal of building 15 roundabouts by 2020, but the city built only two. Jesse O'Sullivan of the nonprofit Circulate San Diego says quick build roundabouts installed with paint and plastic barriers drilled into the street are a cheaper and faster alternative. A quick build project is a great way to show the community exactly what the benefit of these streetscape improvements are. San Diego will need to build two to three roundabouts per year to meet its new goal of 33 new roundabouts by 2035. Andrew Bowen, KPBS News. Turning to education, students are returning to school as another health threat emerges. Health experts say children are at low risk for monkeypox infections, but add that the disease poses a higher risk for some students. One way monkeypox spreads is through close skin-to-skin contact, something students should try to avoid, health experts say. But for student-athletes, especially those engaged in contact sports, the risk of transmission is higher. Dr. Howard Terrace, a pediatrician with UC San Diego, says students can take precautions to protect themselves by not sharing drinks and checking their skin before playing. What really may be more important to do is to re-emphasize a lot of the public health precautions that we ask school to take for other skin transmitted diseases. Schools will provide students and families with a fact sheet on the disease, but the county's largest district, San Diego Unified, says there are no plans to discontinue sports or track cases publicly as it does with COVID-19. In other education news, as the fall semester begins with more school districts opening each week, time is running out to fill hundreds of vacant jobs. But the teacher shortage has improved. KPBS education reporter M.G. Perez explains. 
The San Diego County Office of Education reports about 350 teacher openings right now. That's down significantly from the past two years. Meanwhile, this fall, the county has a new internship program for teacher candidates working to earn their multiple subject credential. The program allows them to get a full-time teaching job with benefits while receiving mentorship and other support. Dr. Shive Jones is executive director of HR for the county office. To do that, it really takes some refined teaching skills and they come in ready to teach and then continue to get better, as we all should. An update on the staffing shortage will come in October when official student attendance numbers are confirmed. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great day. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota. Let's go places.